Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is I Am Not Crazy, an interview with Gatine Taylor. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Gatine Taylor. Gatine Taylor is a 34-year-old woman from Bloomfield, New Jersey. She is a married mother of two children working as an insurance account executive. Ms. Taylor lived a normal life until five years ago when she began to feel sick after running a super Spartan race. She was extremely fatigued, had severe headaches, pain all over her body, night sweats, and anxiety attacks. After visiting a doctor, she was given antibiotics and started to feel better. But shortly thereafter, her symptoms returned even worse than before. She had swelling in her knee, pain in her back, and in her neck. As Ms. Taylor's symptoms continued to progress, her family started suffering. She was passing out in front of her youngest daughter. Her husband even had to bathe her. Despite her physical challenges, Ms. Taylor was fighting to continue to carry out her normal routine. But her husband couldn't accept the explanation that doctors were giving them, that it was all in Ms. Taylor's head. He started to research on his own and believed her symptoms were consistent with Lyme disease. Soon thereafter, she saw a Lyme literate doctor and started herbal and dietary treatments before receiving a positive treatment from Igenix. Although Lyme has taken so much from Ms. Taylor, she is determined to fight back. She's learned that she must never give up on herself and to be an advocate for those who are facing the same challenges as she. Good morning, Jatine, and welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'd like to start by introducing you to our audience. Can you tell us where you live? Bloomfield, New Jersey. And where'd you grow up? I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. And where did you go to school, Jatine? I went to two schools, uh, Bloomfield Tech, and graduated from Barringer High School. And what do you do today for a job? I work for an insurance company. I have over 16 years experience, and I'm an insurance account executive. Jatine, because tick diseases are family diseases, I hope you don't mind me asking you to share a little bit about your family. I am married. My husband, Brian. I have two daughters, Trinity and Cheyenne, who Trinity is 18 and recently started college. And Cheyenne is going to be 11, and she's in fifth grade. And prior to your tick disease, did you have any goals or desires that you weren't able to meet because of your illness? Yes, I was in the best shape of my, my life. I was in the gym, surrounded just by fitness people and starting to do races. And uh, my goal in the future was to be a fitness instructor, a fitness coach, and just help everybody live a healthy lifestyle. And at what point did this tick disease start to impact your life and you became symptomatic? It was in 2014. It was my first super Spartan race that I did with a couple of my gym friends. And after the race, um, I became very, very ill. I, my husband actually was in New Hampshire for a couple of months away at work. And I was with the kids alone and started experiencing just like flu-like symptoms. Um, my body was very achy. Um, I had severe night sweats, drenched night sweats, pain in my body, and severe headaches. How did this progress? So when your husband came home, did you go see the doctor to see if there was something wrong or if you had some sort of illness, or did you just wait it out to see if they would go away on their own? So I waited about a week. I told my husband, my husband, I wasn't feeling well, you know, but he was all the way in New Hampshire. And I kind of, you know, I was a pretty strong woman. So I, I'm like motivated. Oh, it's okay. It's just a little cold or, you know, it'll get better to the point that it started to progress and it would hurt to walk. And my body just basically felt like if it was giving up. So I actually called my father-in-law and said, 
I needed to take me to the hospital. Something is really, really wrong. So we went to the hospital and, you know, they tested me. They said my white count was low. You know, they said, well, I think you have mono. And they gave me like a week of antibiotics and sent me off. I took the antibiotics and I started to feel slightly better. And then it just kept progressing from there. Do you think that the antibiotics helped because they were sort of helping with the Lyme a little bit and then because it wasn't enough, the symptoms just came back? Yes, definitely. I think that the antibiotics kind of masked some of the symptoms for a little while. Then they came back and I went to my father-in-law's doctor and he said the same thing. He said, you know, you, we think you have mono, you, you know, you're always at the gym, you did this race, you wore your body down. And, and he gave me an, another week of antibiotics and I took that and the symptoms went away. I would say for a while, actually, I guess it was dormant in my body because I started getting back to my normal living and going to the gym and, you know, the, the regular story of my life. And then it just all of a sudden came back full force. I started with the pain in my neck was so severe and my back and my knee was always swollen and I could hardly even walk. Or if I go to the gym, the pain in my body from the soreness was debilitating. I've never felt that. So I made another appointment to a doctor and they couldn't find what was wrong with me. So I made an appointment to a rheumatologist and they took tons of blood work and said, well, we just see that, you know, there's a little bit of elevated signs, maybe, you know, for RA or, you know, possibly lupus, you know, that, that's all I see. So after that, I just let it go and uh, it just kept getting worse from there. Jutine, do you think that your antibiotics the second time around were able to work in tandem with your immune system? I mean, you were super healthy, you were fit, you were athletic, and you had a very strong immune system. So it sounds like you had Lyme disease and it was starting to become come out and show, but between the antibiotics that they, they gave you for the mono and your immune system, you were able to fight it off and push it back where you became symptom-free for a bit before you started to become ill again. Do you think that's sort of what happened with the bacteria in your body? Totally agree. I, I was in the best shape of my life. I ate healthy for the most part. You know, I, I took certain supplements and I took care of myself. I feel that if it was at this point in my life where I'm not in the greatest health or shape, it definitely would have affected me way more. And we know Lyme disease really presents itself and, and flourishes when your body's weak and, and when you're down. And after doing that super Spartan, you were probably really exhausted. And that's when I think it sounds like Lyme presented itself and you became symptomatic very quickly within weeks where your symptoms got severe and then your body sort of got strong enough again to, to put it at bay. And then you got misdiagnosed with mono and then, and then unfortunately it came back. And at that point, when you continue to see these specialists, you had the, the RA misdiagnosis, the, you know, the arthritis and the lupus. Did you believe those diagnoses or did you think, hey, that's not what I have. I got to keep fighting to see what's next. No, uh, the symptoms just never went away and it, and it was becoming frustrating. And I started to research, um, you know, going on the websites and just looking up all my symptoms and I went to another doctor and discussed my symptoms and was told that I had fibromyalgia. 
at that point, researching fibromyalgia, I started to believe, okay, well, that kind of makes sense with the way everything is going on. So I started to believe I had that into a passing of my grandfather created a lot of stress in, in, in my body and my husband with changing of jobs. So things just started to get a little bit stressful in life. And I guess that because of the stress, my immune system started to weaken and the symptoms came back again. And this time I was having really major depression and anxiety attacks were were so intense that I didn't even want to be around people. I started to isolate myself and just missing work and everything was just going really downhill from there. And it took you two years to get a diagnosis. And, and in this two-year window, you had all this misdiagnosed illnesses from your, your various doctors. How was your sickness impacting your family life? How is it impacting your relationship with your husband and your children? It impacted it because they didn't understand. Um, in the beginning, you know, I started to feel angry all the time. And, and I, because of this, the way my body hurt and, and not being able to work out the way I did and losing my muscle mass, it just really put me in a depressed state of mind. And, you know, I kind of pushed my husband away, the relationship that I had with my kids. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. I was just kind of like, just not doing well. And, you know, at one point we even went to, you know, therapy, a family therapy, because, you know, at that point it's just, I have fibromyalgia, I have depression, I have anxiety. That's all it was. And, you know, my relationship with my family definitely was suffering. And my daughter wasn't doing so well in school, my little one, because seeing her mom at a young age, her dad taking care of her, not being able to even walk to the bathroom or even sometimes bathe myself when I was hurting, my body was shaking or sometimes I would pass out right there in front of my daughter and it, it, it hit her hard and she started to act out in school over it. I had explained to the guidance counselor that I was, that I was sick, you know, that something was wrong with me and her seeing that was putting a lot of stress on her. And at that point, you know, going back and forth to the emergency rooms, my husband started to realize, no, this is not just a mental thing. You know, in, in the beginning, they used to make fun of me, like, oh, my God, you're such a hypochondriac. Every little thing, you know, bothers you this. And, and after a while, him taking care of me and seeing that, you know, it was like, okay, we need answers. We need to, we need to get help. He started researching and he said, I really think you have Lyme disease. It is not rare, unfortunately, Jatine, for a family member to diagnose you before the medical community. It's happened for many of our guests, including myself. And if it weren't for your husband, do you think that your diagnosis would have been even further delayed? I think so. Eventually, with researching, I would have ended up most likely finding it out before the doctors that at this point. It was my uh, employ my prior employer said, well, you know, we have this great doctor. I mean, we all go to her. You know, why don't you just try it out? Maybe she could find, you know, what's wrong with you. And so I made an appointment to Dr. Nancy Lentine, and I saw Dr. Celia there at the Little Falls office in New Jersey. 
And before you went to this doctor, you mentioned that you at times couldn't even get out of bed or walk to the bathroom. So you were really at times bed bound and housebound, it sounds like. Yeah, I missed a lot of work and it just, the pain in my body was so intense, but I, I just, I never, I never just laid there and give up. I, you know, I'm a mom and a wife and I had to do what I had to do. So I would continue to do the best I can to take care of the house and, and to go to work. And I would sit there and suffer. I mean, sometimes I had to leave work early or sometimes I had to miss a couple of days, but I, I had to continue to just live. Were there anybody in your life that thought you were just being dramatic or hypochondriac or that it really <laughs> wasn't real? Yeah, my family supports you no matter what. But after a while, if the doctors are saying there's nothing wrong with you, you know, it's all in your mind. I think your family starts to believe that, too. And, you know, I had so-called relationships with uh, friends and they would kind of make fun of me at, at one point when I was always having certain issues. They said, oh, my God, we got to put a bubble. You put you in a bubble. You know, they, it was always like oh my God, you're so sick and, you know, but you look fine. And so, yeah, it was a lot of people, I guess, maybe thought that it was a mental thing. Knowing that Lyme disease is an invisible illness and seeing how you look on your Instagram, you look very healthy. You're fit today. You were fit then. So it's very hard for people to fathom that you look so good, yet you feel so bad, I think. And then as doctors keep reinforcing that, you know, friends and peers can't help but think that there's really nothing wrong. And, and it just sort of puts you into the state of feeling so isolated, it sounds like. Yes, very isolated. Once you finally went to this doctor that was recommended by your job, what was that visit like? Did they, did they finally think Lyme? Or did you, you have to bring your husband's research and findings to that doctor to force them to test you for Lyme? My doctor, she's Lyme literate. She hadn't, you know, something happened with her child and with a tick. So she researched, actually, when I walked into the office, when you sign up as a new patient, they give you this questionnaire that asks you your symptoms. And it's kind of almost like a Lyme questionnaire. And so I took that and, and my first visit, you know, we, we did a lot of blood work and the conversation that we had was, well, it seems like you have Lyme disease. That was the first thing. And, and at that point, I'm like... I just took this breath like Lyme disease. I don't even really know what that is, but I mean, somebody else is finally telling me it's not fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety. Is this a diagnosis? So we did all the blood work. You know, I took the regular CDC test. It came out negative. So we waited and she said, you know what? I'm going to start you on homeopathic drops. It's a bar. There's, couple other uh, a babe and there's a bunch of other homeopathic drops that I started to take she goes I can't really give you any medication because according to the CDC you know you're negative and I guess with the insurance there might be some type of an issue with that so I started that I actually started to feel worse when I started these drops and it just kept progressing so I went back and she said, okay, you know, after these failed TDC tests, there is another test that's out of pocket. And I really think that you should take it, which is IGENIX test. And at this point in my life, and I, I just want a diagnosis. I want to believe I'm not crazy, that there is something really wrong going on in my body. And so we took the test. 
Jatine, I have to ask you, what did you know about ticks before you got this diagnosis with your doctor? I knew absolutely nothing. Had I known or had somebody mentioned, instead of wearing sunscreen at this race that you're in a, you know, surrounded by trees and grass and forest, I mean, everything, if somebody would have mentioned, hey, you know, wear long sleeve shirt, long pants, make sure you're covered, spray yourself, check for ticks when you're done. Had I noticed, that would have changed everything. And Jutine, did you ever even hear of Lyme disease before your diagnosis? No. Here you are now, you're going through these homeopathic drops by your doctor and you're feeling worse. You still don't have a positive Lyme test and you go back and say, I I'm not feeling well. Things are getting worse. What are your next steps? Well, she said it was going to take a while for, you know, the hygienist test to, to come back. And in that time period, I started to really research now about Lyme disease. Like I started reading everything. I started educating myself just in case she came back and said, yes, this is what it, what it was. You know, living those years with not knowing what was wrong with me and just kind of feeding into what the doctors was telling me, it just, it was so frustrating. And I just wanted to hear, yes, this is what it is. And at that point, I, I, I went back to the doctor, my test results are in, and I sit down and I'm just shaking. I'm like, Lord, I just need to know what is wrong with me. And she read out, you have Lyme disease and co-infections. Jutina, I have to ask you, you just mentioned that your, your faith played a role in this at this point. Were you a religious person or a faithful person prior to this? No, I was not a religious person at all. Um, growing up as a Catholic, my parents, my family, we went to church once every couple of years, whether it was a Easter or Christmas. I didn't think about faith. I didn't know anything about it. It was when, you know, I was starting to get the treatment and I said, I, I, need, I need to seek help to go, th go through this. I found this amazing Christian church and I started to go there and, you know, that everything changed my faith because of what I was going through. And when you went back and you finally had this positive hygienics test, was there any discussion of changing your diet, like an elimination diet to see if that were, would be helpful? Yes. Dr. Salia is very, she likes to do holistic type treatments. She's not really big on antibiotics, but she knew that I had to start on it. And so she also told me, you know, you have to stay away from gluten and dairy and sugar and you should try to do a more of an alkaline diet. And um, at that point, I've said, okay, oh, you know, whatever it takes for me to get better. And you mentioned that she wasn't really big on antibiotics, but she knew that you needed them. So did she, did she end up prescribing antibiotics once you had the positive hygienics test? She did. She did. She prescribed me doxylin, minocycline, and I was on and off that for a while. I know some people say, well, my doctor only gave me 30 days. Well, it takes more than 30 days of antibiotics in your body to start fighting this, you know, the spirits and everything that's there. So I started on antibiotics on and off. I had to stop for a while because my gut health wasn't, it wasn't great. And I started to actually get sick uh, worse than I was because of the antibiotics. Did you continue the homeopathic drops while you were getting the antibiotic treatment? I was. 
I had to lower the drops. First, it was just a high dosage of just the drops. And then I lowered the drops while taking the antibiotics. And at that point, (laughs) I didn't realize how bad it was about to become. And did your doctor discuss with you the Herxin process and recommend any sort of detox protocols while you were going through this treatment? Yeah, she explained that I was going to feel worse before I got better and that she recommended activated charcoal to help, I guess, eliminate the toxins that was in the body. Um, at this point, when I started to actually herx, it, it was so severe. I thought I was going to die. That's what made my husband say, wow, I really, I really need to step in. I, I really need to start taking care of her because it, it, was, it was bad. What type of specific detox protocols did you use? I see from your pre-interview questionnaire that you did a variety of different detox protocols. Can you walk us through the ones that you did and which ones you feel were the most effective? Yes. So with the antibiotics, obviously, it starts killing off you know, the bacteria in your body. Immune system can't take the overload. So you start to feel extremely sick. And um, I, was, I first started to do Epsom salt baths, which definitely help relax you and and help with the detox, but it wasn't enough. So I started to research online, any possible detox, any, any herbs, anything that would help. And um, I started doing the infrared sauna. I did acupuncture. I did really cold ice baths. I took a lot of supplements, a lot of herbs that, that helped. When I felt like I was really, really sick and I, I needed more, I read that the Alka-Seltzer Gold helps with the detoxes, and it definitely did because not only is it affecting your body, but it's affecting your stomach. You know, obviously we all know our stomach is everything, you know, what goes on in there. So when you're taking antibiotics for so long, it's, it's very weak. So with everything else, it just, it's like an overload. So detoxing is so, so important, and it really helps so much get rid of all the toxins. Jutine, we heard last week as well from our podcast guests that they used Alka-Seltzer Gold and it was super helpful in detoxing and and reducing the herxing effect. Do you have any idea why it's so helpful? To be honest, I'm not sure. (laughs) At this point, I wanted to try everything and anything to stop the herxing, to get rid of any toxins as soon as possible because it, it it, it was brutal. So I read reviews um, on so many different pages and posts and it, that it worked. And I said, well, I got to try it. And it definitely did help. And I think it's, it's such a great thing that you did because really when you're not feeling well, you research what things are working for other people to help them feel better. And especially with Lyme, what works for me won't work for you. So when there are things that have right. very low impact or very low risk, it's worthwhile to try because you can just move on if it doesn't help. And in this case, it seems to have helped you really well. Yes. Once I stopped the antibiotics, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, it was just really destroying my gut. And I, I, I said, I need to go more of a holistic approach. So I started researching herbs, you know, and, and ways to get whatever parasites. I mean, anything that was in my body, I felt like needed to get out. You know, I took the, the wormwood and the black seed oil, you know, I took oregano oil, garlic pills. I mean, as much as the herbs and supplements that I, that I could to try to help removing the toxins from my body. Did you ever try CBD oil to help with any of your symptoms while you were sick? I did. 
with the Lyme disease created terrible insomnia. That was one of the worst things that I experienced, not being able to sleep, taking care of kids and having to go to work. That was the biggest issue I had along with the pain that it caused in my body. So I did try the CBD oil and it helped. I mean, it's not for everyone. I didn't take it long. I just took it as much as I, I needed at that time. I also see that from your pre-interview questionnaire, you did several things to help your lymphatic system, which is super important. And I feel like not discussed enough in the Lyme community. You did dry brushing and lymph massages to help your lymphatic system circulate better and get the toxins out of your body and help, and help expose the Lyme bacteria to get killed. Yes, definitely. It's a very important role to get uh, that going because with all the toxins, it just builds up and it has nowhere to go. So, of course, with the researching, again, you know, I purchased this brush and you kind of just you just dry brush your body just to kind of get everything out. And then I would schedule, you know, a massage appointment and, and let them know that I wanted the lymph, lymphatic drainage and it would help tremendously. I felt so much better and, and just everything started to get better where I was able to move more the pain in my knees started to disappear you know and after that I also went to chiropractic um, which was great that helped as well it's very important to just take care of your whole body while you were doing all this I mean this is this is a lot of treatment you went on antibiotics for about six months after having these drops from these homeopathic drops from your doctor then you went off the antibiotics and you went the holistic route and did a lot of herbs and a lot of things to improve your immune system and your lymphatic system how was this impacting your life in your career, in your family, and especially with, with your children? Really hard to say how impact, impacted after. Kind of everything at this point was a lot better where they started to understand and, and help me along with the process. And I mean, financially, yeah, that impacted things. You know, you have to pay everything out of pocket. It's not something that the insurance covers. Uh, so that kind of that was the, the biggest impact. It was trying to, to stay afloat with all the medications and the supplements and the lymph massages and whatever else you can possibly get. And do you think that this was, that your relationships improved because you finally had a real diagnosis of Lyme disease? And prior to that, it was all of these other diagnoses that weren't accurate and it was causing some conflict in your family. But once you had this real diagnosis, there was more support because of that? Yes. I didn't feel crazy anymore. You know, there was times where my depression and anxiety, it, it was so severe. I, I didn't care about anything. To be honest, I, I started to just lose hope. And, you know, after getting this diagnosis and showing my family, like, this is what it is, they became very supportive, very supportive, whatever they can help me with. They did, you know, I had a strong belief that, it's, you know, I have to pay it forward. I started following Lyme groups and, and I created a, a fundraiser to, you know, give back to people who are suffering from Lyme, who doesn't, don't have the money to pay for certain things. And just seeing everybody come out to this comedy show and this tricky trade that I created with the help of friends to give back was, was an amazing feeling to finally say, I'm not crazy. You know, there, there was something really wrong going on. And to have a support system now 
is amazing. So clearly this, this approach worked. And I, I want to ask one question before getting to mm-hmm. how your life is different now. As you mentioned, you're, mm-hmm. you're sort of looking at life a different way. But looking back at all of the various treatment protocols and also the various therapeutical protocols that you used to help sort of alleviate your symptoms while you were getting treatment, what was or what were the best treatment options you think were helpful for you in your particular case? I would definitely say the holistic approach, all the herbs and the supplements, I, I, the juicing, um, the eating better. You know, I found out afterwards that uh, Lyme actually created a gluten allergy and a couple other food allergies. And just changing your diet is the biggest thing you can possibly do to help you know, with the Lyme disease, you know, eliminating sugar and, and gluten and dairy and things like that definitely helped. I started to eat more vegetables, you know, kind of just taking care of myself, doing the massages, the acupuncture, and, you know, trying to work out when I could just to keep everything going. Definitely the detoxing, you have to detox as much as possible or else it's just going to stay in there and just continue to make you sick. So clearly this has been a very effective approach you took because you noted on your questionnaire that you're 75% back to your normal health than you were from when you first got sick. And that's, that's, that's just amazing. And because of that, you're feeling healthy enough now to not only work, but give back to the community. And you know, one thing that we've enjoyed about this podcast is that almost every one of our guests have said that their tick bite experience has not been all bad that there have been some things that have been good and they really wanted to change their worldview as a result of that. So can you share with us how your tick journey has been positively transformational? Yes. It made me realize how strong I can be. It brought me to my new faith, trusting in God and being around supportive people in my church. It, it just taught me that you have to just live life. And obviously everyone goes through things and you're going to suffer from certain certain ailments, but to not give up, that there things are going to get better and just be strong, be your own advocate and, you know, just keep fighting for what you believe in. And sometimes doctors are great, but they don't know everything. So you just got to just got to research and do whatever you can to to know what's going on with you. But definitely um, I am stronger I have my faith and getting back into exercising is amazing. And aside from your personal changes and your personal growth, there's been a lot of growth from you from a standpoint of outreach also. You mentioned that you had some events to raise awareness of Lyme disease, to raise funding for Lyme disease. Can you give us a little more detail about what you have done and what you will be doing to help the Lyme community? Yeah, so my goal is to definitely be an advocate Lyme disease to spread as much awareness as possible, you know, whether it's just with friends, family, posting on Instagram, Facebook, you know, just joining groups to see what else I can possibly do to get the word out and just creating more fundraisers. And my future, I'm really trying to create, you know, fun fundraisers to try to help with funds to just help with the Lyme community. Jutine, the experts in the Lyme and tick disease community are the people whose lives have been changed by their experience. A number of them have begun to use their special strengths to protect and help other people and their families avoid the pain that's caused by a tick bite. Here at Tick Bootcamp, we call these superheroes tick hackers. So based on your experience and knowing what you know now, what would you do if you received a phone call from someone you care about telling you they were bitten by a tick? I would say remove the tick, put it in a Ziploc bag, 
and get it tested immediately. If not, put it in the refrigerator until you're able to do so. I would make an appointment with the doctor as soon as possible and try your best to try to get on antibiotics as soon as possible. Jatine, you are a tick hacker. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Gatine Taylor. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Gatine Taylor's journey, please visit her Instagram at G-E-E-T-A-Y underscore 1028. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, we here at Tick Bootcamp have created a Tick Byte blueprint that is inspired by the information that has been provided to us by our past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to visit our blueprint. We would appreciate it if you would contact us with any suggestions you have for improvements. Fourth, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get your automatic episodes of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank our listeners for their comments on our past podcast episodes. Thank you for listening.